I'ma find me a woman, I'ma treat her down right low She'll cry me a river and my crop's gonna grow Then I'll get another girl and I'll put her up the street So when one don't feed me, then I still can't eat, baby Well now I used to dream, boys, I used to cuss I used to lie, steal, cheat and cause a hell of a fuss But I give up that drinking now, I walk that line But I still get higher than them Tennessee pines Good morning and welcome to episode 290 of Taking the Charge Podcast with you From Mannheim, Germany, I'm David Hein of Hein News Thank you for stopping by Yes, on the road this week for the Albert Schweitzer Tournament here in Mannheim, the biennial. Um, yeah, they like to call it the unofficial world championship, but um, yeah, invitation tournament, always a fun tournament. I, I, one of the three, one of the reasons why I like this tournament is I don't really have to work. Uh, I'm basically just watching games and uh, doing interviews with players, talking to scouts, agents, um, coaches, players, but not writing any game reports or whatnot. Um, It's kind of a much relaxed, much more relaxed atmosphere for me than at uh, any of the other youth tournaments, which is probably why I like coming to this thing the most, just because it's a very relaxed atmosphere. Um, yeah, so, so here in, in Mannheim and, um, have a good uh, chance to, to talk to, um, quite a few players and, and, uh, and see, uh, some of the top young talent here in, uh, with these teams kind of get an idea what's going, uh, you know, what's going to be expected for this summer at the various youth uh, continental under 18 championships whether that's Asia um, uh, Europe um, Africa a little bit of Africa but also um, uh, America's a little bit as well so just a really nice chance to um, to see the see these teams and and get an idea of uh, of who who's going to be uh, playing this summer. Um, before we go too much into detail, uh, just let you know how you can get in contact with the show. You can reach out to me on Twitter. That's at High News H E I N N E W S. You can email uh, me at High News dot uh, High News at GMX dot com is the website. Rate and review the show on iTunes. You can go to the Facebook group. Just put in the search bar, "Taking the Charge Podcast," and you can find us there. And you can go to Patreon and support the show, patreon.com slash taking the charge. All right. Yeah, so right now um, we had the day off yesterday. Um, This is uh, three days of uh, group play and then two more games, uh, two more days of games on on Wednesday and Thursday in the 16 groups. And then they... uh, and then the uh, semifinals and then placement games will be taking place on Friday and Saturday. So finals on Saturday. Um, right now, Australia, Germany 
are both undefeated in Group A. They'll take they'll play later today, and uh, Italy and Russia are undefeated in the other group, and they also face off today. So could have an idea who. Um, yeah, I guess uh, definitely has inside track for the for the semifinals and and uh, and I'd probably say those are the four best teams. Haven't had a haven't had a chance to really watch the uh, I watched the the, the group uh, B uh, twice. That was Italy, Russia, France, USA, China, Egypt group. And I watched them twice um, and the group A just once. Australia. Germany, Israel, Turkey, Argentina, Japan, um, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess kind of just uh, to run down some of the players uh, who you know kind of impressed, and uh, some other uh, other obser- observations. Um, if you, um, I guess we can start in Group A, uh, looking at uh, Japan. Um, I guess couldn't be classified as a personal cheese ball. Um, after the, uh, I, looks like I probably caught his his best game. Um, but uh, <laughs> really enjoyed uh, Rintero Wada, uh, a long uh, a lefty wing who was really fun watch, fun to watch that first first day. Uh, they also have a gritty uh, point guard, small point guard Sh- uh, Shuki Nakata. And those guys will probably both be pretty important players at the Under-18 Asia Championship, along with um, their 2001 big um, Masato Ishikawa, um, who actually could be in, who could actually be at the Under-16 Asia Championship, but um, but they want to give him um, the experience of playing against the 18s, uh, looking ahead to the Under-18. Um, Australia, um, just... Really super solid unit. Sam Froling, obviously people know him, know the name. Uh, Alex Dukas is a, is a is an excellent point guard uh, shooter. And um, okay, who else was on that team? Uh, Callum Dalton is uh, you know he's a serviceable big that um, that can uh, yeah he'll be he'll be. Um, you know, probably trouble in Asia at the championship. Um, I'm drawing a blank on on some of those guys. They were, um, uh, I think, pretty early uh, in my uh, in my in my review of the uh, tournament. Um, so I'll have to uh, talk more about them next next week. Um, looking at Israel, great game. Uh, almost beat the American uh, the Germans. Um, Denny Avdia, people know him. Uh, really, really impressive, um, just all-around player. Uh, was I really like uh, Tomar Levinson, a nice big for them who can do a lot of different things. Uh, Yam Yam Madar is a is a really quick um, point guard uh, that I like as well. And um, Yotama Noshi. Um, yeah, not much, not necessarily not much to look at, but uh, really does a lot of things that uh, helps it helps the team win. Uh, so it was a pretty good, pretty pretty good group. That um, uh, I see that uh, Ofek Malka nailed eight three pointers against Argentina. 
but I don't have him in mind, so I can't really t uh, speak too much about him. Argentina, um, Lucas Reyes is this small little point guard who uh, just somehow gets shots to, to go, first gets shots off and, and gets them to go in. Uh, scrappy player like him, actually. Um, uh, and then uh, Juan de la Fuente had a fantastic first game. Uh, I think seven three-pointers. And um, I, a versatile guy who could do a lot of different things. And and uh, so got to watch. Um, that Just the one look of Argentina, so can't really say all that much more about those guys. Uh, Germany, you know, absolutely loaded. You know, that's, you know, people knew coming in that they'd be probably one of the top teams. And just, you know, top to bottom, you know, uh, Matasek has just been fantastic. He's from, from Berlin. Drescher's been really good. He's the big from Berlin. Um, uh, Kai Brunke, um, just great all-around player. Uh, Obise has really uh, risen more and more. I like him just more and more. Nice athletic, uh, nice uh, athletic guard. Uh, Jason George uh, just has really accepted his role as a defender in in this group, which you have to you know tip your hat to. Uh, Van Slotten really hasn't let's say needed to do much, so um, just uh, you know biding time. I guess you know, he's two thousand two, so. He can play in this uh, event in two years' time. Wag, um, um, Franz Wagner, it just on and on. We didn't even mention Ariel Porti is also 2001. You know, great size and uh, Turkey. Uh, you you know you just gotta like the the calm of uh, Merta Kai um, and uh, you know their other point guard, Eri Aiskus. Uh, I was, um, you know, he had a really bad first game, and uh, you know, he is a prospect that that people, you know, people who who, who like. So, uh, you know, they also have uh, uh, Panche, I see that he uh, only played uh, six minutes in the last game. But I don't know if he ended up getting hurt at all in that. Uh, Byrak, people know, uh, two bigs there, you know. Yeah, I saw them against Japan, and uh, you know they look serviceable. Um, you know, Kaba you know, Kabaka uh, said a Kabacha. Um, you know, uh, actually, probably of the two bigs, he's probably the the the, the more serviceable, and um, you know, a guy that can maybe might be interesting down the road a little bit more. Uh, and also uh, Tarek Sejgun. So it's an interesting Turkey group. Uh, heading over to the Group B, um, France. You know their main guy is uh, Matis Dusoyuvo. People know from the from CFPB from INSEP. Uh, went to the went to the championship. Won the championship last year. The Adidas Next Generation tournament was on the alternative team in um, where were they? Count us. Um, you have. Uh, uh, Timothy Crusoe, the small, um, the, the point guard, um, getting bulky, getting uh, a lot stronger, uh, 2001 born. Uh, this team is missing uh, Johan Chupas, who will be, he's walking around with a broken foot, and uh, I don't know, doesn't look like he's going to be able to play at the Adidas Next Generation Tournament. 
you also have uh, Benjamin David Nangondo Bayaila, a uh, long athletic um, wing, can shoot, pl- uh, play some play some great defense. Um, it's kind of the same. I don't know. I guess um, Johan Makundo is 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 a much more of a of a lower low post player. Um, occupy more low post than than uh, Nangundo Boyala, but he's also an interesting guy. Kenny Baptiste as well. Uh, Lucas Boris, uh, as the diminutive point guard, um, who's yeah solid. He knows what he can do, what he can't do, and uh, but you know nothing nothing spectacular. Uh, Egypt, um, I'd venture to say. Well, maybe Japan actually might be the worst team here, but um, Egypt, um, that'll probably be the game for last place. Um, yeah, they have a really, uh, they have a nice point guard with um, Karim Hatem, uh, who uh, just is a calming influence on that team. Uh, they have two 2001s, Omar Tarek and, and Yusuf Osama. So they'll be at the under 17 uh, World Champion World Cup this, this summer. Um, and, um, Saifan Salah, Saifuddin Salah, um, you know, decent, decent big, uh, they have a nice athletic long, uh, I think 208 or something like that, Ahmed ba- uh, Ibrahim, uh, but still quite a ways from, you know, knowing the game and, and, you know, but there's, that's a nice frame on that, on that, on, uh, on, uh, Ibrahim. So something to maybe watch for them down the road might be interesting at the under eighteen in where's that? That's Mali. That's in Mali. Uh, Russia, yeah, just Russia's loaded. Um, and uh, looking at the team, he knew that they were going to have a couple of fantastic guys. Uh, you have uh, well, first of all, I didn't two days of seeing. Uh, Russia didn't see Alexander Ashov. He's actually was sick for those two days, at back at the hotel. Uh, I knew Dmitry Karashnikov and um, and Vladislav Odinokov, uh, but didn't know uh, didn't know Nikita Mikhail Mikhailovsky, um, who just fantastic all around um, jack of all trades. Um, and uh, also Alexander Petenev. Uh, just, so just an absolutely loaded team. Point guard was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, impressed with the point guard. You know, didn't do anything spectacular. Um, but uh, yeah, just an absolutely um, beast of a team. Uh, China, a couple interesting guys. Um, Gu Huawan. I think he scored 38 against the Americans, and it's just an absolutely fantastic game. Struggled against the against the Russians. Uh, you have Jiang uh, uh, Huan. He was at the um, uh, Basketball Without Borders Global Camp. Uh, he'll probably play a big, pretty big role in uh, in that team at the under 18s in Bangkok. You also have Sun Yan Song. Um, who, yeah, uh, athletic, uh, athletic four can't really shoot as much as you might want him to. 
and I feel like I'm missing somebody. Um, Leo Y is uh, their uh, their uh, a guard who's probably there. You know, one probably there, maybe their their fourth fourth guy. But an interesting group, you know, especially uh, Gu and uh, and Zhang. And the last ones are Italy and U.S. Let's do Italy first. Uh, Italy, uh, yeah, you know, Capo Bianco is a fantastic coach, and so just obviously they play um, fantastic basketball. Um, you know, people knew, you know, uh, Federico Miaski, um, just <laughs> absolute baller. Um, I didn't know uh, Mattia Palumbo. Um, but just uh, he's a joy to watch um, the way he can control the game and and um, you know fantastic rebounder uh, Omar Dieng he went out and uh, uh, he went out and uh, nailed four three pointers uh, against the Americans uh, which uh, you know he he was at, he was in Barcelona for I guess two years maybe or. And then he went, uh, and he's back in in, in Italy. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's, you know, I, I think that's also good for him to come back and 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 not have the pressure of, of being in a big program like like Barcelona. But you know, you look at um, you look at uh, Matteo uh, Langana, uh, Luca Conti actually hasn't really played a big of a role here. Um, Batistus, uh, he also has it, who I really liked at the Adidas Next Generation tournament. Um, so yeah, this is a pretty pretty nice group. Uh, kind of missing the bigs, maybe a little bit for the under eighteen European Championship, but um, should be should be fun. Uh, last team's USA, and um, yeah, this is a it's a tough tough uh, call for for the American coaches, and, and we'll kind of get into that uh, with the interview partner. Um. Yeah, I didn't really know. I didn't know any of these players coming into the tournament. Um, I don't. Um, I don't follow high school basketball in detail, so it's not something that uh, you know um, that I can that I really had uh, that I really had a good grasp of. Um, uh, there are a couple of players who are going to some pretty decent-sized programs. Bryce Wills going to Stanford. Um, Marcus Little's going to uh, George Washington. Um, Tara Samuels is going to Dartmouth. Um, I have a feeling I'm missing somebody, um, but uh, you know Wills is really um, a really just a f fantastic all-around player. Um, Andre Jackson just unbelievable athleticism. Um, uh, Isa Muhammad uh, Jackson and, and Isa Muhammad are both 2001 born, so that's kind of a uh, you know get guys to track long term. Uh, Mahoney the, against China nailed seven three pointers, uh, really good shooter. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a you know there's definitely talent, and, and you you have to kind of wonder if um, if this USA team uh, and the coaching staff had time to work with them. Uh, if they could, you know, what they would be able to do in a group like this. Um, so, but I actually have a long, I have a nice conversation. Uh, I had a chance to, to sit down with the coach of the USA team, Joe uh, Mantegna. 
and um, we talk about we talk about um, being the coach of this team and selecting this team and what expectations um, they have coming into this tournament and whatnot. Um, so without uh, further ado, here's my interview with, with Coach Mon- Montegna. Uh, enjoy it, and we'll catch you on the other side. All right, so on the show this week, Joe Manteg- Mantegna. Close enough. Joe, uh, Coach, uh, thanks for, for coming on. Very happy to be here, David. Uh, we are here in Mannheim, Fearnheim actually, at the uh, Albert Schweitzer Tournament, um, where your USA Select team is facing teams like Italy and France and China, uh, Egypt. What's the team I'm missing? Russia. Um, maybe just uh, in general, your thoughts about, you know, we've seen two teams, you've seen them all in your group, at least scouting-wise, your in, in thoughts uh, in general about uh, this tournament. Well, we love, this is the third time we've been at this tournament, so we love to be here. The basketball is very different. Um, the rules are different. The officiating is different. So it's an incredible experience for our American kids, most of whom probably have their sights set on being pros someday, many of whom will be pros in somewhere in Europe if things go right for them. So uh, it's a great experience for them. In terms of our group, I mean, we're always wowed by the coaching that we see over here. So especially Italy, they run incredible stuff. They're really hard to guard. Um, we take a lot of things that we glean from the coaches at this level back with us to our various posts in the States. Um, what, what would you say is the biggest thing that the players take? I think the players get an understanding for the physicality of the international game, which is more physical than even, I think, the pro leagues in the United States. Mm -hmm. I think they get a feel for the extra two feet on the FIBA three-point line makes a real difference. And, you know, I spoke with Jeff Van Gundy before coming over here. I was talking to him about his experience and trying to get some nuggets of wisdom. And he said the fatigue that comes from the physicality of this level, I think the American players really underestimate. I would agree with that. And, and, you know, our guys aren't even physically developed yet. So I think the physicality wears them down even more than it does Coach Van Gundy's guys. Yeah, plus you're playing, uh, you know, what are you playing, uh, seven? No, eight, seven games in eight days or or six six games in eight days? Well, seven. Even if it Seven. all goes perfect, but uh, yeah, minimal well, no, you six. Play still game. Third, third place game. You right. still play uh, placement games, and that's probably more than any of these guys. You know, maybe some AAU stuff, but yeah, I mean, I think they play AAU that many games in a weekend. But the the issue that is these kids are playing for their country, the opponents, yeah. and the pride and the energy and the passion with which they play. If you have any chance to be successful in this tournament, you need to match their energy and enthusiasm. And I think through two games so far, we've done that. Um, but it's difficult to keep up. Um, let's go a little bit into uh, into the selection process of this team. Obviously, this is there's no affiliation with USA Basketball. Um, how, how do you go about so this this is actually what your th- is this your third tournament this is your third tournament that you've been here um so you had some experience i guess if you will at least how 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 the others have done it and, and you've helped how do you guys go about doing this so i've basically recruited the team for a lack of a better term all three times we've been over here okay there is no selection process you're looking at the selection <laughs> process i am the selection process. looking at coach right now <laughs> <laughs> um Basically what we do is, is I use the contacts I have in the United States, 25 years of coaching at the NCAA and now the prep school level. I call the guys I know and trust and we try to cobble together a team. The issue for us is threefold. One, some kids don't want to do it because AAU is coming right on the heels of this, which I know 
people probably in Europe can't understand that, but if the kids would come and understand what this is, they would never balk at the opportunity, but they just don't know what they're signed up for. So that's A. B is some kids have school this week. The Easter week is not off for everyone in the states. It goes state by state, city by city. So some kids can't miss school. And then we have to charge a kid a fee because we have to, the, the tournament does a great job of taking care of everything when we're here, but we have to get the kids here. We have to pay a tournament fee. So the, the, the money that we have to charge also keeps some kids from being able to take advantage of the opportunity. So basically you're looking at AAU people keeping the kids from taking advantage, economic challenges, and then sometimes academic challenges. So once I, and, and then obviously birthday. You know, not every 2018 graduate, in fact, most are not young enough. That's a, it's a hard team. It's a hard issue with me because I hate, I hate the class class of 18. It doesn't help me at all. Right, right. And, <laughs> so, and that's all we go by. Yeah. Um, so I have to parse through 2018 guys mm -hmm. and then 2019 guys. Right. In a perfect world, I would like to fill the whole team with 2018 graduates um, because they're committed to college in most cases already and they don't have any other issues that they have to work through. Right. Um, we'll come back to the to the to the to the process, but just for those, just to kind of clarify, I don't know if I've had it in the past or not, but just to clarify, what if any relationship there is with USA Basketball? I know there's no affiliation, right? And and maybe also why there is no affiliation. I suppose it's probably because Easter and they would take kids out of school. Is that maybe just talk a little bit about the USA stuff as much as you can? Or sure, no, to. I can. I, Don Showatch and I travel together in the summertime. Okay. I speak at a lot of USA Basketball uh, coaching events where we're trying to certify youth coaches and high school coaches. So. I have an affiliation on some level with, with USA Basketball, but not through this event. I, I believe the reason they don't is all the things I just outlined. I think they don't want to rub up against AAU basketball, and I think not all kids are off on the Easter holiday. I, I've never been told that, but I would assume that's the reason. So we are in no way affiliated with USA Basketball. Um, they did give me a couple dozen names of guys to track down. None of those kids wanted to come on this tournament um, because those guys are not used to having to pay for anything like this, which I 100% understand. Um, and so, you know, our pool does not have any real USA basketball guys, even who are in the bigger pool. Yeah, yeah. Um, to that, so you know, there's a couple of your guys in Blair here. There's a couple of one of the assistants, uh, Albany here. Um, so when you you know who you have, you know who your assistants have. Do you go and say, all right, hey coach uh, X in state X, I'm looking for a shooter. Do you have one? I'm looking for a big man. Do you have one? Is that what your process is then? Yeah, I mean, I mostly deal with college coaches who are recruiting these guys mm -hmm. and just say, who are you recruiting that can really shoot? Who are you recruiting that can run a team? I need a power guy. I need a stretch four. And if I get seven or eight names, usually one of them will fall into the, the you know, the, the category of wanting to come. And so it's a very long process for me, kind of going guy by guy um, and talking to parents how, and talking long, to high school How long coach. is that process? I started in on our Christmas break in late December and basically recruited on and off up until three weeks before we came here where I filled the last roster spot. How many guys did you like have, like, let's say were legitimate chances that, or guys that you went after and said, okay, let's, let's ask them? I would say I probably had to ask 50 to get 12. 50 to get 12? Wow. Uh, you, do you think that's, do you think that you're happy with that? Or are you disappointed with that? Or I'm a little disappointed that a few 
kids who money wasn't the reason turned down the, the opportunity. But I have to tell you, David, before I came over here, it's hard to articulate to people, and I think I'm a pretty articulate person. It's hard to articulate to someone what it's like to play for your country. It's hard to articulate how amazing this tournament is, how well run it is, how high the level of competition is, and what great preparation for their future basketball lives and also their lives in general this is. Um, I just think we're very myopic in the States. We don't respect enough, not me, I very much do, but we as a nation don't respect the European players and the world players enough and we certainly don't respect the level of competition that you will face and the level of coaching um, that we see here. So, yes, it is disappointing, but I also understand it because if you had talked to me in 2011, you would have been I wouldn't have been an arrogant American, but I wouldn't have had the level of appreciation I do now. I mean, one of the ways that you can combat that was you say, well, look, these are the American guys that have played in this tournament. These are some of the... The Europeans, international, and you know, international, even you know, Australian. Bogut was here. Sure. Yi was here. Sure. You know, so I mean, that, that, that's that's one way. Um, what would you say is the biggest challenge for for these players here? I mean, there's the shot clock. There's a 24 second shot clock, which none of them play, as far as I know. Right. And and probably the first time they saw it and they heard that you say there's a there's a reset shot clock going to 14, they'll be like, "Sorry, coach, did you say something like Correct. 14 on a reset?" There's that. Um, the travel rule has been kind of kind of eased off. What would you say? Okay, you mentioned physicality. What's some of like the biggest challenges that these guys face? Well, I think our biggest challenge that we face, irrespective of the competition or the rules, is the fact that these guys are introducing themselves to each other in the airport. So we have no training camp. We have one practice on on Friday. We have a walkthrough on Saturday morning. We have to play France in front of you know six, seven hundred people on Saturday night. So, as a coach, you have to take the ego out of it because you can't organize your team the way. If you came and saw my high school team play, you might actually think I know something about basketball. If you watch us play, it's just a very loosely organized group that we try to get to share the ball and play hard. So that's a real challenge, and also it's a challenge to take the ego out of it because you'd like to show people you can coach a little, and obviously you're not going to do that in this setting. And so that's fine. Um, I think the biggest challenge for these guys is they're playing a different system. They might even be playing a different position than they're used to. My demands of them and the demands of this game might be different. Um, we really need malleable, versatile, open-minded guys to come in here. And I, I This year, more than any other, I really tried to build a relationship with these guys before we came and speak to these guys about how flexible and open-minded they were going to need to be. Listen, about the food. The bottled water tastes different. You know, if you're an immature 17 year old, there's things you have to get past. And then they're jet lagged on top of that. You know, I mean, I think we're just getting our sea legs under us today, probably. Passports? Did any of them have last second passport issues? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody or almost? No, about half of our half guys of already had passports and half had to scramble uh -huh. to get them. It's not something that you would really think about, but of course, because yeah. a lot of them never traveled uh, never traveled abroad. We have a couple coaches that never traveled abroad, too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, this is your third, ter third time here, so you didn't see the Army base. Right? Did not. Did so not. Um, there's obviously that development that really we can't we can't even address. But over the three years now, you did see in 14, uh, you did see 16 teams. Uh, we've dwindled it down to 12, which is you know for organizational doing three games a day in a gym is a lot more doable. You know, four sure. you can do, but it's a lot more comfortable for everybody. Um, how have you seen the development of this tournament over the last three uh, three editions now? 
Well, from beginning to end, I've never seen anything organized as well as this tournament. I mean, everything is like clockwork. And I know they have now um, a scaffolding in place that they kind of punch us all in each year. But the organization and the pride with which these people in Mannheim and Varenheim take in this tournament is incredible. And, and we really respect the tradition that Dirk Nowitzki played here and Magic Johnson played here and et cetera, et cetera. So that is amazing. I, I think from 2012 to 2016, I've never been able to figure out how they pick which teams are here. So, you know, we love that Australia is here. We think they're so well coached. We like to watch them. I do a lot of work with the uh, best 50 players in, the, in, in Great Britain uh, in the summertime. I work for Luol Dang and we run camp for the top 50 kids in the GB. So I'm disappointed the last two times that GB's not here because for me, I know all those kids. I coach them in the summertime. So, um, but it, in terms of the tournament itself, to be able for our kids to play against kids from four different continents, I mean, our kids are never going to be able to play against these Chinese kids unless they play in the CBA someday in China, right? right so, right. Um, I mean, it's just just incredible. Um, speaking of Deng, I, I saw somewhere that you worked with South Sudan. Was that in South Sudan, or, or was that uh, how, what did that uh, something with Deng and, and South and the South Sudan group? Right. Was that in South Sudan? Um, no, we do camps in Sydney, Australia. In Sydney, okay. We do camps in North America. Mm -hmm. And we have plans of doing camps in South Sudan when the country is in a shape where we're okay to go in there. I mean, I think even Luol himself has to be careful going into South Sudan right now as a South Sudanese um, guy. But we, yeah, he he played for me from the time he was 14 years old, and now I work as the basketball person in his foundation, running all the skill development camps for the top South Sudanese kids around the world. You know, this international basketball podcast, and, and, you know, I think it's probably, God, what are they, three or four years old now, South Sudan, as a, as a federation in the, uh, something like that. Um, you know, you look at, you look at the makers, you look at, uh, you know, a lot of the Australians. Yeah. How good do you think that country could be if they actually say, we're going to be able to get these guys to play? I know they've played, they played Apple Basket qualifiers right. last year. How good do you think that country could be? Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> I mean, they can be as good as they want to be. The, the problem right now is infrastructure. It's kind of put together in a bit of a ragtag way. That's no disrespect to the people who are doing it. There's just not many resources behind it right now. And I think South Sudan is trying to put more resources behind it. Luol himself is not involved in the process right now. Um, maybe there'll be a day where he'll be the Steve Nash. You know, the way Steve Nash is for Canada. I, I could foresee a day someday when he's the general manager. You know, he's in the midst of his NBA career right now. He's doing some other things for youth of South Sudan. But I do think there's going to be a time where he'll be more involved. And to answer your question, my goodness, we have the top 50 kids in North America in a gym every summer for a week. The talent is staggering. And then we go to Australia, and we have the top 50 kids in Australia that are South Sudanese. You know, you got guys that are playing all over the NCAA right now, including the makers um, that are playing in the NBA, that are all South Sudanese kids that coming out of Australia. Yeah, so. a lot of those Australians that are, you know, tall, lanky, dark guys, a lot of those are, are Sudan or South Sudanese right. guys. Right, there's 30,000 South Sudanese immigrants in Australia right 30, now. 30,000. Yeah, so you can imagine how yeah. many basketball players, and as you know, Australia a huge population too. It's a huge population, like yep. size-wise. Correct. So, uh, 
Jerry Steele? Do you know Steele? I've talked to him on the phone a few times, but okay. I wouldn't know him if he walked into this room. But right he, he was he was the coach, I think, for the for the for the qualifiers, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. What would you say? Is, so, what would you say? You're talking to Dane, think you know, knowing the situation. This last question on, on South Sudan. What would you say is the biggest thing that they need to? You know, you, you mentioned infrastructure, but what do they need to do to, let's say, start thinking about becoming a basketball country? Well, I think they need to start these kids at U16 and have them playing together early. I think they need to, and we've been doing this basically through Dancam, I think they need to target a group of kids and get them in a program where they can bring them up together. Those kids have a relationship. Like They're a playing the same way. Correct. Correct. Um, but you can't do that in South Sudan because they don't have the infrastructure to do it and those kids are already scattered all over the world. So it makes it more challenging. Do You have kids in Canada, you have kids all over the U.S., especially in the Midwestern part of the U.S., and then you have kids all over Australia. So, um, And I'm sure there's a couple other kids sprinkled in other places, but those are the ones we've identified. Um, some of the guys on this on this on this team that you have here, uh, you know, we we, we saw uh, August, you know, just light it up yesterday. You know, you know, Wills is, is a is a really great all all around talent. You know, Andre Jackson can kind of jump through the, you know, everywhere he wants to go. Um, you know, uh, Isa Muhammad, you see, you know, 2001 born, so he's younger than everybody else. You you can see that there's some stuff there. Littles, if he works on his body, just like. What do you think about this group? I think all these guys have holes right now. I don't think there's any what we would say are McDonald's All-Americans guys. The, the Marvin Bagley's and the one-and-done guys are not on this team. Those guys play USA Basketball. Um, I think this team, uh, each of these guys have strengths that are pretty strong in this event. You know, we have some of the best athletes in this tournament, for example. Um, we have a lot of shooting. Uh, each guy has at least one skill set that can play at this level. Um, and I think certainly if we can get the game played a certain way, collectively, these guys can be competitive at the highest level of this tournament even without much preparation. But to, to beat the best teams is very difficult because they execute at such a high level and they, they can point out our weaknesses and take advantage of them in a way that we can. But uh, in terms of individuals, I mean, Bryce Wills is a kid going off to Stanford. I mean, he's a kid that could be an all Pac-12 kind of kid. And, um, and uh, Marcus Littles is going off to George Washington, plays in the Atlantic 10. That's a pretty high level. He'll play as a freshman. Uh, he's a physical specimen. And a couple of our young guys have incredible upsides. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure they're quite ready for this level of competition yet, um, but what a great experience for them to get ready for their futures. Um, who have been the favorite guys that you've had you've faced in this competition? No. Well, I've loved both of the point guards we faced from Italy. So David Moretti mm -hmm. and uh, Messini. I mean, Messini cost us a championship in 2014 <laughs> single-handedly. He was tremendous. Mm -hmm. And then we played against Fee uh, from the Ukraine, who, right. who just lost for Kansas in the Final Four, and I guess will be an NBA draft pick. Malik. Yeah, I mean, he's a what a tremendous talent. Mm -hmm. To be honest. I wasn't sure he wouldn't be sort of a lottery pick kind of talent. I, I, you and I discussed this off-air briefly. It's interesting. I, I'm not 100% sure um, he doesn't have more left to develop. I think he might. When I saw him when he was 17 here, I, I was as impressed with him as any kid I've ever seen at this event in three years. Um, but those are the, the guys that kind of jump off the page right now. Those are the guys we really had to game plan against. 
Uh, I guess about maybe two or three weeks ago, I only just discovered that uh, Gino Aramiano has a podcast, UConn um, Coach. Have you? Did you know that? Did you, have you listened to it yet? I have heard snippets on Twitter, but mm-hmm. I've never listened to a full podcast. Okay. I think he's one of the smartest basketball people. I cannot I, wait to. So I'm really looking forward to listening to it as yeah, well. Just, yeah, just, just, just going the other way because I, you know, I heard the podcast from. Oh, who's the, the 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 Clippers guy who went over to the Sixers? The 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 veteran um, Redick. Okay. Redick had a podcast for a while, and I used to listen to that. And I just thought it was fascinating to hear the other side and like have a have a, a coach interview play, you know, interview other personalities. Right. A really respected coach, you know, who's done you know silver medals and you know you know really long championships. Um, so you told me that you have a podcast coming up. Why don't you give uh, give people a sneak preview of, of what's that what that's well, all about? Yeah, I mean, I, I was a college NCA coach for nine years, and now I've been at Blair for nineteen years. And so the one thing I do have is a lot of contacts in the states. I, a lot of friends that are coaches, and obviously guys are in my gym. I have nine, ten Division One NCA players almost every year. So there's a lot of people that are in my gym. They vary from friends to acquaintances. I have a lot of great ten and. 15 minute conversations with people that are in my space at Blair or on the phone and I just thought now I'm 48 coming on 49 years old I've been at this a long time I'm getting to the point in my career where I want to start to give back to coaching and share some conversation snippets so this will be nothing about my knowledge which is nothing it's just a, a pebble compared to the knowledge of the people that I'd like to bring on to my podcast so my plan is these very same people that I have 15 minute conversations with turn into a 45 minute conversation and tape it and really make it about coaching, culture, leadership, the state of the game. Uh, the target audience would be hoop junkies like you probably, but more to the point, probably young aspiring coaches, young assistant coaches, high school coaches in the States. I don't know if it would be a market for international coaches or not, but it would just be me asking the same growth mindset questions that I ask already, just doing it in a way that I can share it. I, and a lot of the, the top basketball Twitter people have already told me they'd kind of share my stuff out and get the word out. So it doesn't even have a name yet. Um, and, and, and I'm sorry about that. We, My school is a $60,000 US a year school and we actually have a podcast studio at Blair Academy and I have students that are sound engineers and that do that kind of stuff. So I think it'll be a pretty well done so you thing. You come, you help me in there. <laughs> I don't know anything about it, but I think I can find some 17 year olds yeah, that do. Yeah, so yeah. that's the plan. I had to get through the Schweitzer recruiting process right. and organizational process but once I get back to the States that's my next basketball project. Nervous about it? Um, I was a TV radio major and my mother's really mad that I never used it. I, uh, you know, She paid for my college for four years and uh, I've never used my broadcast journalism major so maybe uh, this will be the time. I, I am, I'm, you know, I, I respect how difficult it is to do it well. That's what I, I'm not really nervous but I also don't think I'll be great at it to beginning but I think with repetition um, and the right guess and the right questions I could probably get there in time. Uh, last question, uh, the thing you're looking forward to most over the last whatever we have you know five six days 
Now, I think I'm really looking forward to where we can get this team to go. Uh, you know, I think we showed flashes last night against China. Um, I think, obviously, to us, Italy is always the toughest test in this tournament. They're the barometer of where we are. And I think this team is really all in in a way that we couldn't quite get the 2016 team to bought in all the way. And, and this team really is. So I think if we can sort of survive and move forward, I'd like to see where we can get by the end of the week because I, I think we're on a nice upward trajectory. Team, team just walked in, so we got to go. Thanks, Coach. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Okay, fantastic. Um, yeah, if I get any word on on, on the name of uh, Coach's podcast, I will uh, will let you know down the road. Um, um, but definitely an interesting idea. I have if if you haven't, um, I haven't listened to to Coach Ariola's Ariola's um, podcast yet. The UConn coach Gino Ariola. Uh, but if so, uh, but I imagine it's pretty good. I heard an interview. Uh, he was on the Richard Deitch Sports Illustrated um, podcast, and he was talking about it. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. Have it have it downloaded already, and just find trying to find the time, and we'll get to it eventually. Um, so some pretty big guests. So I, I think Coach probably be able to, to pull some pretty pretty nice names as well. So, but yeah, like you know, like I said, it's not a very not a very easy. Um, not a very easy tournament for for this group, you know. Players who have, you know, you know, with the shot clock, never played with the shot clock, never played, um, you know, international rules. Um, you know, some of them first time abroad. Probably most of them first time abroad. Passports, and um, you know, not having a, you know, not knowing your teammates and stuff like that. So it's a pretty big challenge. And uh, you know everybody's shooting for them too because you have the you know USA on your on their on their chest and so they have a target on their back you know trying to you know everybody wants to beat the Americans and so they always get their the other team's best games and you know it's all around you know just not a very 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 um, very easy endeavor for 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 this American team. All right, so um, with that I'm going to let you go. Um, again, the, the rest of this tournament is also going to be uh, shown live on sporttotal.com, um, I believe, or .de. Let's see if I can have that, if I have that open. Um, uh, but, yeah, so those games are, 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 going, are being streamed. Uh, uh, sporttotal.tv, sorry, sporttotal.tv. And those games are being... Um, are being streamed live, so you can go watch them. Under 16 Asian Championship, I didn't really talk about that at all. I'll kind of touch on that next week uh, for the final four spots at the at the World Cup, uh, Under 17 World Cup. So, all right, with that, I'll let you go. The last thing to let you know is what you're going to be listening to. The song's called Mama Said. It's by Justin Towns Earl. It's available on freemusicarchive.org. Uh, enjoy all the hoops, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Back in Regensburg. I'm gonna find me a 
woman I'm gonna treat her down right low She'll cry me a river And my crop's gonna grow Then I'll get another girl And I'll put her up the street So when one don't feed me Then I still can't eat, baby Well now I used to dream, boys I used to cuss I used to lie, steal, cheat And cause a hell of a fuss But I give up that drinking I, I walk that line But I still get higher Than them Tennessee pines, baby Oh, but lately I've been broken Had me one thin dime Need me a loaded pistol Or some loaded dice Cause I'm no ordinary man No, I don't have to work I just take what I need And nobody gets hurt Baby, baby Alright My daddy set me down, he said, listen to me, son, don't you ever cause no trouble and you'll never have to run. But my mama, she knew better, said I remind her of her pa. She said, oh, boy, you keep moving and you'll never get caught. She said, boy, you keep moving and you'll never get caught. Hi, this is Patrick Bauman, Secretary General FIBA, and you're listening to Taking the Charge. Enjoy. Enjoy.